This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be your dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'ma do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense gon' turn up, but the defense gon' win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. Welcome to the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. I'm Corey Burton. I'm your host. We got a great show for you today. The question is, do you believe? I certainly do. Uh, we had a really good hunker down Monday with Joe DeLeon. He gave us some insight on FCS football and kind of what direction they could possibly go in with all this COVID stuff. Today, we're going to catch up with Trent Smallwood. He's a recruiting writer for UGASports.com. He's going to bring the heat on all the recruiting updates. Amarius Mims, his decision's coming soon. Uh, we have some uh, things about Smell Munden and much, much more. We're going to talk about the quarterback battle with JT Daniels becoming eligible and his thoughts on that. We're going to talk about Devod Wilson, who just entered the transfer portal. That's going to be a huge hit, in my opinion, to the defensive back room, but we'll get his opinion on that. And uh, it's going to be a great show. Uh, you can find us on social media at Believe in Dogs on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find the show on I, on uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Stitcher, and or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Uh, you can find us. Subscribe. Give us a rate. Give us a follow. Uh, give us some feedback. Uh, you know, we we love feedback. I love feedback. I want to improve. I want to make sure we put the best product out there for you. Um, and speaking of products, if you want to put your product on our show, make sure you reach out to our fine folks at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and they could get you hooked up with uh, some sponsorship deals. And, uh, you know, I, I would love for, uh, for you to get in touch with them. Uh, they do a great job. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Cam who's our social media guy. He makes all those awesome graphics that I tweet out. So I want to thank Cam for those. Uh, Josh and Alex are are the ones leading the charge. They, they kind of give me some good feedback and uh, been bouncing some ideas off them. Uh, Nick Kreider also, uh, he gave me the shot. So 
Uh, I want to thank all those guys um, at Believe and, and then the other people uh, that I have not met yet that do work behind the scenes as well. Um, it's a really great network to be on. Uh, we sh- I share airspace or podcast space, however you want to describe it, with a lot of good people. So um, it's it's been a it's been a blessing so far. It's been a fun ride, and uh, this ride is going to continue. So don't take that as as me. Uh, this is not my official resignation or anything, but uh, it's been a fun ride so far. Um, it's been crazy, uh, you know, coming on during the the COVID pandemic. So I uh, just wanted to uh, just wanted to give them. Uh, some love and wanted to give them some shout outs because they deserve it. Uh, it's a great team. It's a great network to be on. So I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to uh, bring the representation of the University of Georgia to the Believe Network. So uh, without further ado, that's enough rambling for me. Without further ado, let's uh, let's get to Trent and uh, let's see what he has to say. Enjoy and go dogs. Trent Smallwood of UGASports.com. He's a recruiting writer. He joins the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. Trent, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, so yesterday, uh, news broke that Devon Wilson is entering the transfer portal, stated that he wanted to be closer to home. I, I think it's going to be a huge hit to the DB room because he's someone that when I watched games, it just seemed like he was always making a big play. He was always wearing those savage shoulder pads. He was always just kind of in the mix. So what? Uh, my question is, what is that going to do to the DB room? What kind of effect does that have on the DB room? Well, I, I think it, the Devon Wilson had a lot of play with a lot of energy. I think he brought a lot of energy to that room. Um, and he was talented. You know, before when he entered as a freshman, he was um, already on that first team. Uh, he was on the first team before he tore his ACL in the spring and then um he spent he spent the whole season out and then he, he started in the bowl game and then he kind of went from there last year he was uh the the nickel corner for majority of the year him and mark webb but i think the emergence of tyreek stevenson has made this uh the, the blow hurt a lot less i would say um the way tyreek stevenson played last year but you, you never this is a guy that you don't uh, you don't ever want to leave the program, um, but but I think he's at a situation or he's at a um, point in his career. It's his third year. He wants to be the man, um, and I'm just not sure in the stack depth chart like Georgia has this year. He's not going to be that guy, but I think he can be it somewhere, and he he that's what he wants to do. Does this open the door for Keeley Ringo? It depends on if they if they're working him in at nickel. Um, I don't know it because because you know Keeley hasn't spent much time practicing up there, so I don't know where they're working him at. But I, the two main guys this is going to affect is Tyreek Stevenson and uh, Mark Webb out the gate. But um, we'll see if they work uh, if if they work Ringo in at nickel. So now recruiting the DBs does that change the numbers of how many DBs they're going to take? Does that kind of change how? Uh, how many guys are looking at at the cornerback position versus the safety position? Does that make it more enticing for James Williams to come on board? How does that rec- how does that affect uh, defensive back recruiting? I mean, it might help the the cornerback recruiting a little bit because you, you know, you're losing uh, Eric Stokes after this year, you're losing uh, DJ Daniel after this year, and now you've just taken another upperclassman out of the mix that uh, would probably likely be a starter next year. So I think that does impact 
uh, from that standpoint, uh, you can and you can pitch early playing time a little bit easier. You can pitch the depth chart not being as stacked a little easier. But <clears throat> yeah, I do. I do think that'll that'll help with cornerback recruiting and uh, just having that open spot. That's certainly going to get interesting over there with uh, with the DBs, and so we'll we'll see how, kind of how that all unfolds. Let's talk quarterbacks for a second. Uh, JT Daniels was uh, ruled eligible immediately uh, last week. He is a five star. Uh, Newman is still, I think, the front runner, but Dewan Mathis is turning heads. Carson Beck continues to develop. He's turning some heads as well. Um, the battle's heating up over there. Is is, is it going to? How's it going to shake out? Who who's a start? Who's going to be number two? Um, how do you see the quarterback position playing out? You know, this is this is interesting. <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago, we, Georgia just had two scholarship quarterbacks on campus, and we're, you're hoping that nobody gets hurt. And uh, oh, well, you know, at one time Jake Fromm was only only one on. You had Jake Fromm and Stetson Bennett last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, now we're talking about four guys competing for a spot, and it's just it's just crazy how far this has come. But um, I, th- I think you're starting quarterback going into this year, and I think until somebody beats him out is uh, uh, Jamie Newman, just because uh, he's. I think he brings a different dimension uh, to the offense. I think he, I think he brings uh, the you know the athletic ability. He's got a great deep uh, deep ball. Um, you know he's he's being touted uh, i don't i don't like him being touted as a heisman trophy uh, candidate already but he is being touted as a heisman tro- uh, trophy can- candidate he is on a lot of you know possible uh, all-american type boards he's i think he's the guy from the start now jt Daniels, uh, he, he's a talented guy he is he's another one that throws a beautiful deep ball and if you see a um if you see kind of a ongoing trend here with uh, with Todd Monken, uh, everybody he's getting is just that uh, likes to stretch the field and it's those are the beautiful deep ball, even Brock Vandegrift. So, but I think the I think starting out it's going to be Jamie Newman's job and and JT Daniels to to see if he can beat him out. And I think the element of run and what he can do in the run game, uh, in my opinion, is kind of what separates him. He's kind of more of a uh, – he's a better weapon because I think he's extremely accurate, throws a great deep ball. And and really, I think people just get lost in the fact that he played at Wake Forest last year, and I think uh, – Job and, and JT Daniels to, to see if he can beat him out. And I think the element of run and what he can do in the run game, uh, in my opinion, is kind of what separates him. He's kind of more of a – uh, he's a better weapon because I think he's extremely accurate, throws a great deep ball. And, and really, I think people just get lost in the fact that he played at Wake Forest last year, and I think uh, Wake Forest would have killed to have a three-star talent anywhere. Uh, he lost right. his two best receivers, and, uh, and he, still, he still performed and, and did, did fairly well. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. And been played half the season with a uh... – messed up shoulder too so exactly and i and that, that's why i agree with you i think he's you know the cream's gonna rise to the top so uh, i just wanted to get your take on the quarterback room i know that's one of the the hot button debates right now with with daniel's go with daniel it, becoming eligible it, so is there a more talented room in the country right now i mean not as a top quarterback but just as a whole um quarterback room i'm not sure there's a quarterback room as talented as that as this georgia's got right now 
Absolutely not. I think I think you have four guys right now that could start at any Power Five university, save uh, Clemson and, and Ohio State. I think you know Carson Beck could start. I think Carson Beck could start for half the SEC. I think Dewan Mathis could be, you know, somebody that could make some huge noise somewhere. And and I think they're all extremely talented. And and it's a good problem to have, I would say. And and I guess you got five guys still on campus because Stetson Bennett's still on scholarship there too. So. Yeah, he he can start somewhere too. Um, and and so I think it's uh, I think it's a good problem to have. And uh, I'll, oh, I'll no stand, doubt about it. I'll stand by that, and then I'll stand by my prediction of of Jamie Newman, and I'll I'll echo what what you said about that. And so let's talk about the guys who are going to potentially in the future protect those uh, protect those quarterbacks. Uh, Ferguson, he. he he chose Bama. So what? What came down to what came down to that decision? Why? Why do you think he chose Bama? You know, Bama led early on in the process. Uh, Georgia kind of took that momentum back, and I think he just bit, went back to where his heart was originally at. Um, you know, these kids haven't been able to take visits, and I think all of them are just kind of it's all it's all going back to where they started. It's um, kind of going back to that first love they had, and. Ferguson had Bama out front to begin with. They they were kind of the sole leader uh, early in his process, and and that's just where when they, when these times where you're these recruits are not getting out the, to visit like they normally do, I think he just went back to the the, the first place that he loved, and and if I think you're seeing a similar thing with with five star um, Marius Mims, you know Georgia about landed his commitment, um, but when Sam Pittman was still on campus. And then when Sam Pittman left, made him pause. But uh, I think you're starting to see him trim back to Georgia and, 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 um, and have the dogs in an excellent spot there. Yeah. I was going to ask you, is Georgia, is Georgia the team to beat there with Sims? So, I mean, I guess that answers it, right? Oh yeah. I, I would say, I would say Georgia's the team to beat. They, they, you know, that's Alabama's in the mix. Um, Tennessee's in the mix, but in the end, I think, uh, you know, he, he's – this is a situation where this COVID pandemic has, has helped Georgia out a lot. Uh, he hasn't been able to visit these other schools. He hasn't – but he's also spent a lot of time in Athens with Brock Vandegriff. So having a kid be able to come up and be on campus several times and not visit any, anywhere else, and all of a sudden now he's announcing, I think that sits well for Georgia. Good, good. So what, what does he bring to the table? I mean, I, I saw a picture of him. I was perusing the boards yesterday. I saw a picture of him, him standing next to Brock and, you know, six, seven, 300 pounds. Looks like he moves pretty well. What, what is, what's his game? What, what does he bring to the table? He's just a, uh, he's long. He, I think, I think he's a future left tackle. I mean, uh, you're looking for uh, your left tackle. You, I think, I think that's your guy. I mean, and, and Georgia landed some, some big guys last year uh, with, uh, Tate Routledge and um, Broderick Jones and Broderick Broderick's another guy that could to fill in that role with the athletic type frame, but I mean just just looking at a future with uh, tackles like uh, if you can land Marius Mims and then have Broderick Jones on the other side or Tate Routledge on the other side, I think your offense line is in good in good shape moving forward if you can uh, if you can indeed land Mims. And I feel I feel really good about that too. I think losing Ferguson really helps that because they're two similar players. And I think Ferguson 
was looking to play tackle. I think he projects at a guard um, at the yep. next level, um, but we're not doing a Bama recruiting show, so that'll be the last <laughs> I say about Ferguson. Um, so let's talk Samuel Munden. Um, speaking of schools in, in Alabama, um, his recruiting is, is getting interesting. He was, I, what, I believe he was a near lock, uh, but now Auburn and Travis Williams have made a significant push. What have they done? to make that significant push and, and what has happened with Samuel Mondin to um, make him not so much a, a UGA lock right now? I, th- I think it's just went down to relationships. I think it's just, they've, they've built a, a great relationship. I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about uh, Mondin being able to visit because of course you can't visit with the coaches anyways, if you get on campus, but um I haven't heard of him visiting Auburn, just the campus, but it's just the relationships that he's built with Travis Williams during this pandemic, really, is it's just kind of, um, uh, whether it be Zoom or on the phone or, or whatever they've been doing, I think he's the, the, just how comfortable he fit, feels with, with that staff and especially uh, Travis Williams and I think he, that might have the edge over Georgia right now. I think when when Munden was at, you know, taking visits and being able to get on campuses, he felt that at home feeling at Georgia, and I think that's what needs to happen for Georgia to uh, to move forward. Moving forward, I think this uh, visit stuff needs to open back up. If it does, it's going to benefit Georgia in the end, in my opinion, because uh, he needs to get back to where he was pre-COVID. Uh, for, for the Bulldogs to, to land uh, the talented linebacker from Ewan. So uh, are you are you predicting this one's going to go down to the wire? It ain't. This is not ending anytime soon. He said he wants to take visits uh, before before he announces the decision. He wants to take visits, which does bode well for Georgia. And I, I believe this will be a signing day decision. You know, he's got a top three of Auburn, Georgia, Tennessee. I think um, Auburn and Georgia uh, have the nose up right now. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a battle. Uh, I don't think it's going to end this summer. I think I don't think it'll end this fall. I think it'll end probably if there is a early signing day, I think that'll be the day that he announces his decision. And, and I think it's going to come down to Georgia versus Auburn. Well, we had Burke committing to Florida. What is that? Where does that leave Georgia with the wide receiver position? Uh, I've heard I've heard that the Bulldogs only want to take one more, um, which is surprising. I thought they at least take three in this class, um, but I heard they're leaning toward only taking one more in this class. So I think they can be um, uh, they're at a situation where they can be selected with with already one on the board. So mm-hmm. uh, I, they're going to re- continue rec- uh, recruiting Burke. I think uh, another one is Johnson out of Maryland. Um, they're going to re- continue re- recruiting him. Uh, you got Dion Colsey from Athens, and uh, and there's there's a few other guys on the board, but I don't think they're going to give up necessarily on Burke with, with from right now. And from my understanding, Burke's still going to take his official visits, and George's going to get one. So mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen the last of this Kirby Smart Dan Mullen battle. Right, and and you can't. Uh... You can't say uh, Kirby Smart without uh, without mentioning his two best recruiting uh, recruiting assistants. Um, and that is Brock Vandegrift, and I, I feel like by judging from Twitter, Lavoisier Carroll 
have been uh, have been just hitting the recruiting trail very very hard for the for the coaching staff. Um, jokingly, do they do they uh, does Georgia owe them salary as recruiting assistants? You know, what impact have they made on the recruiting game? Well, I, th- I always think it's uh, big for you to land your quarterback early in the process because um, it, it, that's kind of your leader. That's kind of, you know, Jake Fromm took, took that role when he was being recruited. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's a good thing. He, he goes out and tries to get the best players to play with him, and, uh, and that's exactly what Brock was doing with guys like Mims. And he was a big factor in that Adonis Mitchell uh, flipping from Ole Miss. He was um, he, he's just in on a lot of guys. Um, but there, there's several defensive guys that he's in on too. So I think it's it's an important factor to have that uh, that quarterback or you know that that lead guy like a Richard LeCount guy that you can land early in the process that is uh, is going to go out and recruit guys. And and another one that's been doing it is David Daniel. Um, David Daniel's been a uh, he, he was with James Williams on Sunday and he was recruiting him to the max. So I think it's important to get guys like that to, to try to swing guys your way. And, and it does work. It, it does help. And, and George is doing a good job right now. And I couldn't agree with you more. And then that's not, you know, there's nothing better in terms of buy-in than, than having recruits recruiting for you and recruiting hard for you. Because, you know, if there's minimal buy-in or they're unsure, they're probably pretty silent and they're saying, hey, I want to be a silent commit you know, just to kind of see what's going on. But uh, it seems like a lot more frequently than years past that these, you know, these Georgia recruits are so vocal about getting other guys in. Like I've seen Keely Ringo still recruiting and, and still talking about, you know, memes on, on social media and, and kind of living and dying with each commitment and decommitment and, and things like that. So it's it's a good thing to see uh, for those guys and it, it means I, I feel like they're they've bought in even more than than normal so that's that's good to see one thing that i'm impressed with is is uh on twitter georgia's taking this interesting route in the recruiting it, it must be one of these loopholes that kirby's found you know but uh he's got the players from like the hometown in miami like his, his miami group or south florida group tweeting these like I guess recruiting edits or whatever they made and they, mm-hmm. they'll tweet them at their targets in Miami so like your James Williams and stuff like that I've seen a lot of this uh, happen and I'm like this is this is pretty cool you got you got mm-hmm. players on campus tweeting at these guys with recruiting edits I was like that that is that's pretty neat that's that's brilliant man I I, I enjoy seeing those and I enjoy seeing you know the the, the players recruiting because I don't see I don't hardly see Tennessee commits doing this. I don't see Bama commits really doing this. I don't see Clemson commits really doing this. Um, being you know being vocal on on Twitter, my my personal Twitter, Coach Burton thirty six. You know I follow a, a vast array of different different things and programs and stuff uh, because I coach high school football. I'm kind of a more uh, wider wider lens, you know, than my belief account, which is mostly dog centric. So. You know, I, I kind of see up the outside world, and it's interesting to see Georgia take a way more aggressive approach than any other program. Right. Yeah, it's – it's. It, I think when you – like I said, when you land that – when you get that quarterback in the mix early, especially being a five-star guy like Brock, he – that can that can make a class. I mean, that, he can he can build on that class, and, and I think 
Brock is is, is doing an excellent job trying to uh, bring guys in with him. I think Mims, he is really him and Mims have gotten very close, and and that is when you when you get close for the past. Of course, he wants to. Uh, he's like, hey, come on, you're gonna be protecting me for the next three years, and uh, <laughs> and it's. I think he's done a great job, and 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 Mims is listening, and and that's that's helped Georgia. So there, there you go. So uh, speaking of high school football, and speaking of Georgia, GHSA they push back football two weeks. First game is Labor Day, uh, which is great news as far as um, you know, returning to action and things like that. You know, with with NFL, college, and and other states that surround Georgia, that's kind of you know, it's it's good news. So. How does that affect in-person evaluations? Are coaches going to be allowed at the games with all the social distancing policies? Have you heard anything about the the specific regulations that GHSA has has uh, put down? I have not. I have just uh, basically heard that you know it's going to be starting back, but uh, which is great news. Is I, th- I think these kids at a point where, where these kids need normal. Um, it, it, you know, it's not going to go back to normal. Of course, I'm not sure it's ever going to go back to normal, but these kids need as normal as possible. Um, get them out of the house, get them this, get them this uh, socializing again, get them out in the field, doing what they do, doing what they love. And uh, as far as coaches' visits, you know, we're still under the dead period until August 31st. So that kind of helps uh, this, this moving back two weeks kind of helps with the, uh, and see if NCAA opens it back up for for these visits to happen, and oh yeah, I I believe it's gonna happen as far as where where these coaches can get their one uh, visit to the school to to look at these kids, and um, I'm looking. I mean, I, I'm just looking forward to football. Period. I mean, I, I'm I guess it's just sports. Period. I mean, I'm watching Braves inter squads, but uh, I, I think that. This is a, this is this is gonna, uh, it's gonna be an interesting fall season. Um, I think with the, it's gonna be interesting what rules are were are input. I don't think all the rules are clear or uh, are, are out yet, but it's gonna be interesting to see what rules are, are given, even college football, and uh, but I'm just I'm happy for these kids to be able to get out, especially these seniors to be able to get out and and and. and do this as normal as possible and go out and go out play in instead of having to sit out. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited too. Uh, you know, like I, like I told you a minute ago, I coach here in Tennessee. So we're kind of sitting on pins and needles now seeing what Tennessee is going to do, how they're going to respond and, and what proposals are they going to follow through with? Because there's been some publicized pu- uh, proposals, but let's jump to college football. Uh, let's jump back into the NCAA. I think uh, with the big 10 and, and PAC 12 announcing they're going conference only. I've read that the SEC is is in talks with Big 12 and ACC to kind of get a unified policy and maybe try to preserve um, at least a lot of the in-state rivalries and, and maybe join up with the Big 12 as well so they can help out uh, Missouri and A&M uh, for some for some things as well. Uh, what do you do you see that working out? How do you how do you what's your prediction on on how the SEC chooses to go about college football? I mean, in my opinion, there's, they've got to come to an agreement uh, with the ACC and SEC, uh, maybe and the Big Twelve, I, I think because you got, well, you know Georgia opens it up with uh, North Carolina State, and now, um, 
Atlanta. I'm sorry. And that they're supposed to be, uh, I don't see why you couldn't play, you know, like your in-state games, your, your, uh, your in-state robberies. And then you have the, oh, what's it? NC state games supposed to be at home. And you got all these games that are so close to each other, uh, proximity wise. And then you have Georgia having to go to Missouri and I'm like, well, it don't make sense for, you know, not to be able to play your games that when you're 60 miles up the road, but have to go play a game where you have to, you know, travel across several states. So I think that the conferences need to come together and, and, and make an, um, make an agreement, make a, and, and let's see it, whether it be a 10 game schedule, 12 game schedule, whatever, whatever they can come up with and, and, and just come to an agreement and, and let's get this thing moving because I mean I would be okay with if they went two extra conference games. I mean that that would be hundred percent fine with me. But mm-hmm. you just gotta. I would I would like for the rivalries to stay intact. Just your you know you Georgia. I wouldn't be saying that if Georgia Tech was still running the triple option because <laughs> nobody wants to play that yeah, mess. That takes a toll but, on you. But uh, but I think it's good for Georgia and Georgia Tech to continue. The, Playing, playing this rivalry, and uh, and you know, we'll we will uh, see what they can, what kind of agreement they can come up with. Uh, I think, I think right now is a point where everybody's just looking for answers, and and it's it's tough because it's you know everybody's kind of in a, a whirlwind the what way this uh, way we've been the last three or four months, and hoping there's this is happening, and and and. Not sure if this is going to happen, but I think it's a good sign that uh, MLB and I think it's a good sign for college football that MLB and uh, NBA is starting back up. And I think and, it's a good sign the NFL is is come out and said, "Hey, you're reporting to training camp," um, and then they later came out after the media blitz. Here's your here's your protocols for COVID. So I think that's I think that's even more encouraging because it's the the same sport. No doubt, and and I think that. Uh, all these guys reporting and the, and being tested and and a lot of the numbers being lower. You, you get like one out of two hundred of you know on 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 this team that have tested positive. You know, it, as long as we can keep the numbers you know in control, I think I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna work out. And you might not be playing in any fans within or many fans, uh, if any, but uh, at least we're going getting to watch some football. And yeah, I'll take it any way I could get it at this point. I I, I was even uh, I was even I even went as far as saying I'll take all I'll take if Georgia did, wanted to do Australian rules football uh, with with no fans I'll I'll take that. Uh, you can play more guys at once uh, for one, but it's uh you know it's football it's live it's whatever. So um, Trent, ease our fears a little bit. I think you know you read the vent, and I think people are seeing a lot of these guys like Marcus Burke committing to Florida, Ferguson going to Bama, you know, Samuel Munden might be losing to losing him to, to Auburn, things like that. People are, are seem to be kind of freaking out a little bit. Uh, why does it seem to be the case that everybody's going elsewhere? Um, losing our recruiting director, is that does that play a, a part in it? COVID, lack of depth, um, all the all the above combined is it too early to panic? Do you anticipate a lot of flip flopping? What you know? What what's the deal? Well, I, th- I think one of the main things is is, is Kirby Smart has is 
he, he's a relationship guy. And, and I think he's very good at, at the in-person relationship. Like you, you getting people in your, getting face to face with them when they, you know, when they're on visits or when they're pulling them, I think they're uh, very good in what they do when having kids on, on campus. And I don't think that what them not being able to do that and them not being able to get kids on campus and, and uh, having to rely on this technology and zoom and, and to do this. And, and I think they fall behind a little bit. I, I, I don't necessarily think that they've done a bad job at it. I, I just think that when, when you're, uh, when you're having to build relationships with these kids over Zoom, I think that um, guys like Travis Williams and stuff like that have have just just done a better job in, in certain areas. And but my thing is, and I've told everybody, I don't think it's a time to panic. Uh, if this if this economy and everything, uh, um, if or this pandemic we're under. If we can open this thing back up, get these kids back on campus where they can visit, I think you're going to see a record number of decommits. Not necessarily just you know decommitting and going to Georgia, but all these kids have, have, that have announced their commitment over the last two months have announced it on the last thing they knew, or the last visit they took, or the uh, or the you know the the school they were most comfortable with to begin with. And I think when you start getting these kids back on campus, I think you're going to see a ton of uh, decommits. Uh, just because they're going to go out and see what they uh, see what they wanted to see the whole time, and and that's um, uh, these different schools. But I think Georgia's they're not in a situation where they need to panic. You know, they they they, they got a um, a chance to land five star left tackle. They're sitting well for James Williams, who's one of the top player uh, top safeties in the country. They already got the um, uh, five star quarterback and. Brock Vandegrift, and uh, and I think, you know, that, that they've missed out on a couple guys. They missed out on, um, I guess, several guys over the past couple uh, months. But uh, when you when you got Kirby Smart, and and if you can get him on, if you can start getting these guys on campus, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to pull in a, another top three, top five class before it's all said and done. You heard it there, UGA Vault. Uh, ugasports.com Trent said do not panic and I agree with him do not panic Kirby Smart has proven that uh, last three classes number one uh, ranked via rivals.com so uh, no panic here uh, should be no panic on the boards but then it would make the boards not fun because everybody <laughs> would just be pumping sunshine and rainbows you got to have the you got to have the counter argument I guess to, to make to make things interesting so Trent uh, where can we find you on Twitter uh, you can find me at Twitter at Smallwood Trent, and uh, and I'm always I'm always on there. So just uh, holler at me and uh, and follow, hit that follow button. There you go, man. Trent, do a great job on UJSports.com. I've been reading a lot of your posts. Uh, between you and Jake, I think you guys have got recruiting covered um, to the same standard as Kirby Smart holds his assistants to. Um, so I, I really enjoy reading your updates. They're very detailed, and uh, I, I just can't say enough that you guys do a tremendous job over there, UGASports.com. So, guys, if you want to read Trent's stuff, subscribe. Uh, go go read his stuff over there. It's, I, I think they're running a special, so um, you get some good pricing. And uh, 
what, what's the promo code over there? We're always running a promo. So if you want to, uh, I'm not sure what the promo code we we got going right now, but if you will hit me up at, at Smallwood Trent. Guys, if you want to read Trent's stuff, subscribe. Uh, go go read his stuff over there. It's, I, I think they're running a special, so um, you get some good pricing. And uh, what what's the promo code over there? We're always running a promo. So if you want to uh, – I'm not sure what the promo code we we got going right now, but if you will hit me up at, at Smallwood Trent on Twitter, or uh, heck, if you want to email me, uh, the same thing, Smallwood Trent at uh, uh, gmail.com, and you can email me, and we will uh, get you this promo code. We will get you at uh, ugasports.com and uh, bring you in, and we'll talk Georgia football and talk Georgia football with uh, hundreds of other. Uh, crazy dog fans at, at on the vault and at the vent. So there, there you go, and it's it's like a it's like a daily soap opera. So it, it's a lot of fun. But uh, Trent, I appreciate you joining me, and uh, as always, go dogs. <laughs> Thank you for having me. All right, and that was Trent Smallwood of UGASports.com. They're running a promo. Hit him up at Smallwood Trent on Twitter. He'll uh, he'll get you hooked up. It's a great site. Um, one of my favorite sites as far as UGA sites go. So um, you will enjoy it, I promise. Also, um, if you want some enjoyment, if you want to hit us up, if you want to find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at the same address, at Believe in Dogs. For, it works for all three. Hit us up, find us. Uh, if you want to listen to us wherever you find your podcasts, uh, I know for a fact you can rate us. And leave a review on Apple Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify. You can check us out on Stitcher or anywhere else. Uh, just I'm just grateful that you do check us out. And uh, with that, as always, go dogs. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.